0: 1000
1: Better
0: Stories. stories. Welcome to 1000 Better Stories, the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network's podcast, sharing stories of community led climate action in Scotland to help us all imagine a better and fairer future beyond the new normal and transform what we think is possible. Hello, it's Kashgar, your story weaver. In our last episode this year, we hear about the success story of neighborocracy movement in India, its promise for community-driven action on climate, and its current expansion into Europe. Neighborocracy is a governance system relying on the day-to-day input from neighbourhood parliaments, ensuring that the voice of every member of the community is heard. It works on similar principles to sociocracy, which we use at SCAN for our self-governance. Both are examples of what we believe are healthier patterns of organising that are more conducive to the flourishing of all. The neighbourhood parliament system is designed to empower communities to make decisions about the places where they live and also to drive change globally. It promises to address many issues, from poverty to climate mitigation and adaptation, and to do it in a more powerful way than the standard democratic system we currently rely upon. Such participatory democratic approaches have already been used to include community voices in decisions on climate action in the UK. We already had climate citizen assemblies a couple of years ago, convened by the UK and Scottish governments, and at the moment we have participatory budgeting process going on, which is involved in distribution of some of the Scottish Government's just transition funding in Aberdeenshire. Nay, could extend such participatory involvement into everyday governance of our communities and beyond. Affairs Society's Tim Daly recorded a conversation with Joseph Rattenham. They introduced history of this movement, its principles, Examples of how it's worked in India and the ways it could help tackle climate issues. They explain how everyone can get involved in spreading this way of working here in Scotland right now and the support available for such work. We also hear brief reflections from three of the participants in Joseph's workshop hosted by Gal Gale Trust at Govan in Glasgow Laura, Gian, who's one of the directors of Gal Gale, and Kim. As usual, we've put all the relevant links and resources in the episode notes for you, including Tim's and Joseph's contact details. Tim's work was funded by Scans Storytelling Mini Grant.
1: Hello dear listeners, my name is Tim Daly and this week I was lucky enough to come across Mr. Joseph Rattenham, uh who is representing the Neighboreocracy Network, which is a network of Uh, children's parliaments, young people's parliaments and neighbourhood parliaments across India and Mr Rathinam was kind enough to spare a little time to tell us about his work. Hello Joseph. It's a great pleasure to be talking to you today. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Greetings to you, Tim. I am Joseph Rathinam, Master Trainer of Neighborocracy from Chennai, India. I've been uh, training various organizations, school teachers, NGO field staff, parents, and children themselves directly in neighborhood parliaments, bureaucracy. and I am also training the students in life skills. I train the students on value clarification exercises and anything related to children's parliaments and child rights. I have been doing this for past 30 years. My journey was quite interesting but to introduce myself as uh, how I started this, I was a businessman in the 80s and late 80s I thought I have to do something for the people, for the welfare of the people. So thinking that I started a political party, I thought having a political party of my own I can do a lot for the people. But very soon I learned, party politics cannot do much to people. Politics cannot be done away with because it is a system of governance. But instead of party politics, I realized that people's politics is required. So I've been introduced to one such an interesting person, Father Edwin, who was already doing something about it. Then I joined hands with them. I learned the techniques, then I started working on it. And now I am a lead trainer in this concept. And I have uh, written a book, the first book on naibhrokrasi in Tamil. And I have written also the English version of this latest naibhrokrasi book. And I had edited and published a monthly magazine for children parliament for so many years. Now I'm the international director for international coordinations and um, networking and training.
1: Can you please just explain what are neighborhood parliaments and children's parliaments and youth parliament?
2: As I said earlier, we need people's politics in democracy as it is today. It is believed to be the best form of governance. But I feel and I agree with James Madison who had stated that democracy does not fulfil the aspirations of the people except voting once in four years or five years. And in between these two elections people do not have much to say or much to do. Uh, much to participate in democracy, and as a common citizen, I elect my representative in democracy to send him to the parliament to talk on my behalf. My representative means that he has to talk on my behalf, but he never talks on my behalf. And I also cannot go to the parliament myself to talk, I'll be sent out, I'll <laughs> be thrown out. So, my representative doesn't talk. In the Forum of Governance and I don't have an opportunity to talk in the Parliament, then where do I talk? Ordinary person, person with a small voice, where can he talk about his needs, aspirations, expectations and uh, problems and all that? There is no any space. So I was already thinking that uh, this decision-making forum the Governance Forum should not be in a place where people do not have access, but it should be among the people. So this was a time I was wondering how to bring the parliament to the street. Then I was studying various possibilities and that was a time I met Father Edwin. And he had organized these Catholic communities into small Christian communities in 1970s. And in uh, the late 80s, he was already planning to have similar small neighborhood communities for all the people together and he had named it as neighborhood parliaments and this idea was really very eye opening to me and I was very much uh, captured by this idea. So I stayed with him learned with him and um, then I started taking upon, I mean this work upon myself of creating modules, training modules and preparing the modules and training to various group of people. Now, how does it function? A parliament in the neighbourhood means in the immediate geographical neighbourhood of say about 30 families. When you say 30 families, it need not be exactly 30, it could be a little less or more, whatever it is, depending on the local situation. 30 families coming together forming as a unit which we call neighbourhood parliament. Here parliament means this unit, neighbourhood unit takes charge of the governance of the neighborhood here these 30 people come together and conduct the election we call it a socio critical election process consent based objectionless election process they elect their ministers and all the members have to be elected as ministers in this there is no any anyone to be left out everyone has to be a minister could you
1: just explain just quickly what is consent based
2: it is everyone to have on the same line may not be possible. To have consensus on a particular issue may be difficult, but to have a consent is, I, a somebody may not agree to a certain point, but agrees to go along with this point for the time being. That is, we don't raise any objection right now, we give consent. But at any point of time, when I'm not satisfied with the things going on, I may raise an objection. Mm -hmm. But now I give consent, I agree to the common proposal. That
1: is idea. So it's the thing everybody agrees is safe enough to try.
2: Yeah. Good enough for now and safe enough to try. That's what is the term in the sociocracy. And uh, each one is elected as a minister. There will be a Prime Minister, there will be a Parliamentary Minister, there will be a Finance Minister, there will be an Education Minister, Health Minister. Uh, Minister for Child Safety, Youth Development, Gender Equality, Women Welfare, Minister for Elders Care, Environmental Actions, and Minister for Employment, Minister for Housing, Minister for Road and Transport, Minister for Clean and Green Energy. And in short, we have ministers for all the SVG, 17 SVG goals here.
1: Sustainable Development. yeah. Yeah, yes.
2: And though these sustainable development goals were introduced only in 2015, but we had Minister for similar purposes earlier itself, or thirty years back itself. So then we have Minister for Peace Building, Minister for Eradication of Corruption, Terrorism, Conflict, and Minister for Training, and Minister for Agriculture minister for uh, sanitation, water and sanitation, like that we have a number of ministers and all of them will be ministers and the number of ministers may be lesser, or more according to the number of the people in that particular unit and they can decide whether to have more ministers or less ministers as well as for what all issues they have to have ministers or which are the ministries can be clubbed into one and all that. It all depending on the particular parliament.
1: Okay, so just to check, I, I, I've i understood this correctly. So the, the people in, in a neighborhood, they gather together and they have uh, regular circles. And everybody in the circle takes a responsibility for something important to the community. And then they make decisions about everything they need to decide in the community based on finding a solution that everybody is able to accept. In the exactly, circle.
2: exactly. You are right. You are okay. right. So they meet once in a week for two hours. Now in the beginning, it is not that they immediately start discussing uh, all these problems and uh, try to find a solution and things like that. Because it will take some time for the neighbourhood people to understand each other, to know each other, build the relationship with each other. And you just, you know, celebrating each other, you know, they they have to build a very strong binding among themselves through constant celebrations and, uh, you know, learning from each other and all that. There are so many other psychological and emotional uh, binding here so that they become one unit. Then once they become a strong binding uh, related group, then they can also slowly think about what are the issues they have they have to thrash out, which they have to solve and things like that.
1: So so the first step is to develop strong relationships in the community.
2: Very, very important. That is the most important part of starting a neighbourhood parliament.
1: And then when they have the good relationships, the people are in a position to listen to each other, to understand each other, to value each other and to respect each other and to uh, come together to find the solutions they need Yes. The, uh, with which everybody is happy. Yeah. Is and that
2: that after this only the election takes place. Okay. So that a strong ministry with everyone's strength can be, you know, identified properly and made ministers.
1: Because there's an election process for the each of the ministries, and the group chooses the people they think are the best for each yeah. role.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: So when exactly. they when they know each other and they understand each other maybe I think you would be very good for a role, but you're a humble man and you would yeah. never put yourself forward. Yeah. But the, the group actually understands your abilities yeah. and says, no, Joseph, we think you would be a fantastic minister yeah. for education yeah. because uh, you value very much the children and yes. you, you have experience. So we, we would like you to do this. Exactly, so this, exactly. Rather than the traditional uh, yeah. political election method yeah. of people standing up saying, I'm the best and he's yeah. terrible. <laughs>
2: Yeah, democratic election process is something you know like democracy mm-hmm. having no enough enough space for everyone's opinion because always uh, democratic election is based on majority and minority. Mm-hmm. And it is based on numbers. For example, if 51 people say something and 49 people say something else and whatever is said by the 51 people will be the final decision. Mm -hmm. Which means the 49 people's opinions do not have space here. Mm
1: -hmm. And they are left feeling excluded. Yes. they
2: Automatically they feel excluded. They feel that they are not part of this group and the belongingness is destroyed.
1: Mm -hmm. So the system itself is creating division. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas with the neighbourhood parliament, the system is creating unity.
2: Always, always anything as a group, Mm -hmm. as a collective
1: decision. Mm Yeah, so everybody can stand behind the decision that is made. Exactly.
0: Uh, Well, I'm very inspired, so inspired that I'm going to go back to my neighbourhood and suggest that we organise ourselves and and appoint ourselves ministers of everything. (laughs) And I feel it's doable. And uh, very grassroots
2: And after the election is over, we have a very important uh, function that is swearing in of the ministers. So we we propose that there should be a, a public function conducted for swearing in of the ministers. So for this swearing in function, important elected leaders from outside, from the existing political stream, and important government officials, and important any other organizations, whichever is working there, functioning there, have to be part of this. They all will be invited. In front of everyone, these ministers uh, take the vote. Mm-hmm. Of ministry.
1: So it's a kind of a celebration and a, yes. and a statement in front of the whole community yes. that we recognize that this person is going yes. to be responsible for this, yes. this issue and everybody can see that. Exactly.
2: And not only that, this is slowly, you know, involving the existing political system and the existing government system, departments to be part of this. Mm-hmm. So that all will coordinate and work together for the betterment of the community. That's how it works.
1: Because the philosophy is that everybody should be included. Yes. And there is no uh, attempt to push anybody out of no, the, the system. No.
2: It's always here. Always uh, the positive approach, inclusive approach, understanding everyone, not uh, finding fault and blaming anyone or uh, do I mean uh, keeping away people. No, it is not at all in that. Mm-hmm. Here, the the basic role is understanding, compassion and uh, inclusion, that is very, very important. This uh, swearing-in uh, of the ministers, there will be a higher level, higher level, the highest level, whoever is there present, that officer will be the swearing-in officer. So this officer, what happens especially with the uh, children's parliaments in Tamil Nadu, they sign the identity cards of these ministers. So each minister will have an identity card with a photo the name, address and the designation and all. And that card will be signed by the uh, swearing in officer with his seal so that it is an authentic document. When they go to any government department official, they know that so-and-so is coming with an authority of the community Mm -hmm. and the elected leaders, I mean, whoever has signed. And interestingly in Tamil Nadu, what we have is most of the time, the district magistrates or the high court judges are the swearing-in officers. And they sign the identity cards of these ministers, which is highly valuable.
1: So it's it's giving a, it's recognizing the importance of the voice of the community yes. uh, as, an, as an important contribution to the decision-making process. Exactly. And exactly. recognizing that the, the empowerment of citizens yeah. is an important uh, piece of the puzzle. Can you tell us a little bit about how this movement has been developing in India over the last... Thirty years.
2: Actually, this concept was introduced in the early '90s. From '92 onwards, it has been in full swing, and from then onwards, I I started, you know, on the go-getter mode, uh, trying to contact various organizations, uh, various community builders, uh, various uh, social uh, groups, and things like that, and started training them. And they started creating these uh, these things. interestingly, there was another development taking place based on the experience of these Christian small Christian communities. The Kerala government found this quite interesting, and they started organizing the people at the neighborhood level. And it was a very good uh, initiative in the beginning, especially it was introduced for the women folk, poor women folk, to. To improve their economical uh, income generation activities. So it went on very well. It was uh, one of the best poverty eradication program in the world. Then slowly the government, you know, formed these neighborhood groups in the name of Ayalkutams. And these neighborhood uh, groups were formed with the assistance of the government. And it was going on well and they got it federated at various higher levels. Then uh, the government saw perhaps. People getting organised in a big way like that at state level uh, will have some other impact. So, so,
1: so federated, you mean that um, there was the neighbourhood level of the of the people kind of in the village yeah. and in the street, yes. and then they started to organise. 30 uh,
2: neighbourhood parliaments, approximately. In in our context, we say neighborhood parliaments, then they are federated at the village level, village parliament.
1: So 30 neighborhoods in a village and then you, you come together and they will send somebody or send yeah, two
2: each people. Each parliament elects their representatives to the village level and with this they form the village parliament with these representatives. Okay. And at the village level also there will be similar ministry mm-hmm. which will take care for the
1: whole village. Okay. So then you have the, the people responsible for the whole village in yeah. each area. Yes. And then if you have 30 villages. Then uh,
2: the next level, panchayat parliament or block parliament, we call it. Mm-hmm. Then district the parliament, then state parliament, national parliament, and we dream at the global parliament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we want to have it networked.
1: So this is a system that can bring uh, citizen uh, government yes. to the entire planet. Yeah. Uh, and
2: this could be or this is the
1: real democracy
2: coming from the grassroots level of the people and even the smallest voice having an equal space in, uh, in expressing uh, the opinions and the decision making process and preparing action plan to implement the action plans, to monitor and evaluate the action plans. Everything in every process of governance, everyone, even the smallest person participates in day-to-day governance.
1: What is the difference between me electing an MP now? Mm. and me sending my representative up to the district level. Why is mm. why is it different?
2: In this democratic system, for example, in our Indian context, each parliament member constituency has approximately 600,000 voters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, these 6, uh, 600,000 voters, how many of them know their representative personally? A handful. Which means the system is built in such a way that we are just vote. And who are there proposed as the, my uh, would be representatives by the political parties? Each political party nominates his candidate to be my representative. That itself is wrong. I have to nominate my representative, not somebody else nominating my representative. And uh, the other point is political party nominates a candidate in a particular constituency not based on his uh, his good work for the people, of his money power, his muscle power and his power to cheat and loot the votes. that so in me, he may win. So that type of candidates are put by each party that way. And whoever has got more money power, more muscle power and more uh, uh, power of influence uh, with all that, he wins. Mm-hmm but not the real representative who represents for the people. And we have the same similar system all over the world. Once the election is over, you will never see them. Mm-hmm. There is no any connection between people and the representative of the people. Mm-hmm. There is no connection at all. They will come and see you only after five years for the next election. Mm-hmm. But here, I elect my representative to the next level, village level. My representative whom I have sent from my level to the village level, they come together, they elect their next level representative, then next level representative, that's how the district level representative is elected. Now, I have a direct contact with the district level representative or even state level representative
1: mm-hmm.
2: because they are all built from the people. If I am not happy with my the functioning of my representative, I have the right to recall
1: at any time. So instead of having one time every five years to yeah. change your representative, whenever the circle on any level feels not satisfied or feels like the job could be done better by somebody else, yeah, if, in in a last resort, if yes. the person refuses to learn and do what they yeah. are asked to do, then they can always be recalled. Yes, a so recall. it, it means the person at any level is always responsive to the level below. Yes. How big is this network now in India? How um, developed have you become? Now
2: we have about... 261,000 uh, neighbourhood parliaments in Kerala, then about 90 to 93,000 uh, uh, neighbourhood parliaments for the adult spread all over the country and, and many of them are from the Catholic communities organised by the Catholic Church, as small Christian communities. Then there are also other efforts from various organisations uh, conducting adult parliaments. Besides that, we have also thousands of uh, children parliaments organized by NGOs from all over the country. So approximately we have about uh, 398,000 children parliaments, neighbourhood parliaments and youth parliaments put together spread out all over the country. With the same neighbourhood, we have three units. One is for the children, between the age of 6 to 15 are made as children parliament. And uh, youth from 16 to 25, they are made into youth parliament. And above 26, they are called adult parliaments. And the idea is that even a child of six years old should have enough space to participate in day to day governance of the neighbourhood. And the children parliament also has their own ministry, similar ministry, and they also conduct their weekly meetings. And same thing with the youth parliament.
1: So this is uh, interesting because in typical democracy, the children are completely excluded and nobody is listening. As we are learning with the climate awareness and the climate movement, in fact, the children are often the leaders. They're often bringing the most forward ideas uh, and bringing the most wisest and responsible Mm. uh, attitudes to the process. Uh, And so
2: children are more honest, more transparent, more serious And more committed.
1: Uh So they're actually leading the the adults in making good governance. Because what is important for them is genuine importance. Mm -hmm.
2: Three parliaments in the neighbourhood, they are interlinked by double linking.
1: So they all talk to each other also.
2: So one child parliament representative will be elected to the adult parliament and one to the youth parliament. Similarly, one youth parliament member will be elected to be a representative in children parliament, one to the adult parliament and the children welfare minister in the adult parliament will be representing in the children parliament and youth development minister of the adult parliament will be representing in the youth parliament.
1: So there's a connection ongoing yeah. and everybody yeah. is understanding each other, listening to each other yeah. and able to communicate all the time. So
2: any decision taken is, you know, with the consent of all these three groups, with the real understanding, it's really wonderful. And we also say, very proudly, we say that this system of governance is called a nebrocracy mm-hmm. uh, that is a deeper democracy. And nebrocracy is the only system in the world history which has a space for even a six-year-old child to participate in day-to-day governance.
1: Wow. And even better the, than just having the voice there is also there's a training so that yes. the, the people, the children grow up learning the method.
0: I think it's really inspiring to hear all the way that that's kind of creating a, a kind of culture of accountability, responsibility um, for people's own affairs and the way that can contribute to self determination. And, um, you know, the relational aspect really shines through, I think, for me and, you know, how the structures create a way of taking that beyond just sort of the normal familial realm, but into something a bit more civic, um, but in a very human way.
1: And has this uh, amazing uh, system, has it been recognised in the wider world? It is now uh, we've spent a lot of time focusing
2: in india uh, but few years back we started you know spreading out these messages to various countries through various social media facebook that and this and um, in 2009 we came across a concept called sociocracy which was similar to our way of functioning So we were showing a lot of interest, then we contacted the people concerned that there was one John Pat in the United States. We learned the sociocracy framing and we we were already doing the same thing, the similar thing in uh, neighbourhood parliaments. And we found uh, the whole thing is, you know, is the same. And they were promoting this among the companies and corporates and that and this. Now here we were doing it in the neighbourhood. So, neighborocracy is nothing else than sociocracy in the neighbourhood. So that's how it has become. Then uh, we were connected to various other groups in Europe and other countries who were already in the similar process and doing it. And then uh, then the Sociocracy Centre from Europe was showing a lot of interest. They invited us, me, Edwin and me for for conferences. We shared this idea. Now we have formed a group called the SONEC in Europe. SONEC is Sociocratic Neighbourhood Circles. So the name, Neighbourhood Parliament is not used here. So they have chosen this name and it is a wonderful name. Under this SONEC now we have about 11 organisations from 9 countries working on it and they have been working for 3 years. Now they are bringing out implementation strategy handbook adapted to the situation of Europe in the month of November. In November. In November. So once it is released, then uh, the group will uh, contact municipalities and existing political parties and uh, city councils to study how this can be implemented in their own functioning
1: areas. So so anybody who's interested in this idea and would like to create their own neighborhood parliaments or Yes, surely they can look up sonic yes yes and they will WG. be able to and they will be able to gain support yeah uh, and guidance and they can connect everything in. yeah and so this is the european network sonic
2: european network for neighborhood parliaments and we are also having a system to train people uh, from various continents uh so that you know more people will be involved in it and we are also planning for a certification course.
1: This is your work at the moment?
2: Yeah, at, at present I am here, past traveling for past two months, and I will be another for two, almost two months, traveling all over. And I am trying to identify, already I have identified wherever I have traveled, and in the future also I will be identifying people, those who are interested in this work, and trying to connect all these people. First, connect them at their national level, then connect the national level units at the Europe level. Mm-hmm. so that's what i'm doing right now and already i have identified number of people and number of groups once that is over then the next program will be the implementation process
1: this seems very relevant and interesting for the scan for the network in scotland okay. um, because it seems to me that there's a, there's a, a lot of um, synergy possible okay. between this work and uh, the work of the people's assemblies and the the attempt to empower communities and um, to to bring the kind of awareness of the climate issue yeah. into politics from the on the street in the, in the yeah. in the villages and the towns where people are very interested and concerned and find this to be a priority, uh, and and it's a way of bringing this sentiment into the political structure. How is the issue of climate? And the environment. How is this This uh, played out uh, in India?
2: Yeah, I understand your question. This is a very important uh, issue the world is going through, and everyone talks about uh, the climate change or climate emergency or whatever it is. And uh, the climate action has to be put on track in the right path. Now, neighborhood parliament is one of the means to achieve these goals hundred percent successful. The reason is. Through this system, every individual, however big he is or however small he is, is involved in climate action. For example, in the neighbourhood parliament, there is an environment minister and he creates awareness about existing situation and how each individual and as a group can contribute towards this. Now, in many of the neighbourhood parliaments, they discuss about it and make a decision on various approaches and they pass a resolution towards that and they abide by the resolution. For example, many of the... they pass a resolution that they will not use any vehicle except a cycle to travel up to 200 kilometres or three kilometres.
1: So any journey of, of less than three kilometres, the people will try and make by bicycle if they can.
2: Bicycle or walking. Mm-hmm. And if it is above three kilometres, then they decide to use only public transport, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: not at all private transport. Mm -hmm. And only in the case of extreme emergency, they decide to use the private vehicle. Now, once they decide for themselves, definitely a lot can be achieved. And uh, secondly, they also decide not to waste water, not to waste electricity. And uh, they try to use the conventional cultural method of keeping themselves cool or hot according to the need of the climate, which means the use of air conditioners and use of refrigerator will be reduced to a very high level. And third, they also decide to produce their own energy, renewable energy, like uh, solar panels If they suppose decide to have solar panels, each house can have a solar panel which can produce more than enough electricity which can be contributed to the national grid. So that way, they support in a very big way the country, the national level, and the global level to produce clean and green and affordable energy. And they get the energy free. And moreover, they get money for the extra energy they produce. For example, in Indian context, all the 12 months we have hot sun, which means imagine how much electricity can be produced and how much electricity can be shared with
1: other countries which has got less uh, sun power. A lot can be done. So for example, in a Scottish context, a village could decide to uh, use a piece of land that uh, is on the side of the village, that's empty, that's very windy. They could put their money together uh, and set up a wind farm. Yeah. And then they receive their own electricity for free. Yes. And if they make extra, they can even sell it to other people. Yeah. And like this, the entire national grid could be transformed to green energy. Yes. Much faster than if a system was attempted to be implemented from the top down. Yeah. So that's just one example of how this system of organisation allows... Communities to take decisions and put them into action for themselves Which which seems to me is a very important factor in the the climate emergency because currently the people making the decisions are not following actually what the people in the the street uh, would choose for themselves And this is a, a major problem. Tell me a little bit more about how the neighborhood parliaments are helping with the climate change situation in in India. What they do is they create awareness among people about the climate change,
2: the cause for climate change and they try to create, a, mobilize the opinion of the people in a larger level and try to advise the government or local government at how they can intervene in these issues and how the people themselves, they are ready to contribute for this action, which. The plans which the government may make. So this itself is a very big success where individuals and people in a smaller group are at the neighborhood level coming and telling the government that they are ready to follow the steps taken by the government towards climate action. And more than this, they create a national level advocacy group, mobilizing the opinion of the group at the state level and the higher level and more than that. Now, for example, uh, we had uh, flooding in 2015 in Chennai city. Now people started studying the cause for flooding. So the group started discussing and finally they found two things as the root cause for this. That is, one is the lethargic attitude of the government,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then the encroachment of the catchment areas.
1: You know. Encroachment in the riverbeds?
2: yes. People encroach that area and build houses, Uh blocking the pathway of the river on its uh, natural course. I understand. And government also blocks the way to build their own buildings, that and things. Mm -hmm. Automatically, the water, when there is a heavy rain, there is no way to go. Mm -hmm. Then it floods the city. And that's what happened. And the neighborhood parliaments and children parliaments in Chennai started creating the public opinion against all this, where the government has to very strictly follow certain norms to vacate the encroachments and to be very serious in uh, rain harvesting business and all that.
1: Okay, so it helps the people to apply pressure onto the government yes. to do the things that they yes. ought to be doing. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because so, when all the people are unified and speaking with one voice together,
2: exactly, it's very hard for the because, government to ignore yeah, that.
1: Because power to the government goes from
2: people. And besides this… Very importantly, we have seen poverty can be eradicated. Any issue at the family level, at the neighborhood level can be eradicated, like uh, drop uh, illiteracy rate and uh, school dropouts, child marriages and completely, wherever they are strong, they have stopped everything, child marriages mm-hmm. and child abuse and all that. So, like that, uh, domestic violence, mm-hmm. corruption at the local level has been very highly successful. So, that's why we keep on repeating to people at the global level that any issue which has been identified as a serious issue at the global level can be 100% resolved peacefully, amicably, successfully through these neighbourhood parliaments. I am
1: feeling so grateful. Grateful for the work that has been happening um, through Joseph and also uh, Reverend as well. Um, I'm so grateful for the thoughtfulness and also really grateful for how practical and on the ground um, the examples are. Um, I, yeah, I feel very inspired as well, though I'm motivated and drawn towards all this stuff already. However, um, this is just adding it's been given more reasons to kind of say there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing that and I really celebrate that is there one last message that you would like to share with the people here
2: first of all I want to thank you Tim for this wonderful interview and my request to the listeners of this interview is each one whatever he is can do this in his own neighborhood. Everyone has to be an ambassador for bureaucracy, and everyone can be an ambassador for Sonac. So everyone has to join hands so that the whole world is created to a better world and a peaceful world. And so I request anyone and everyone to be part of it and I offer my services free at any time I am available Whoever wants to contact me, can contact me, have my experiences shared and if they want to conduct workshops, training or any more sharing of this sort, I am ready to offer my services to them at any time. Let us all come together, join hands and make the world a happier and better place. Thank you.
1: Well, that's all from me for today. I would just like to thank uh, Joseph Rathinam, first of all, for Giving his time and for all his wonderful work, and for sharing his uh, his experience and his knowledge with us, I'd also like to thank Kask and Joanna from uh, One Thousand Better Stories for giving us the space to share these ideas, and I'd also like to thank uh, GN and everybody at Gal Gale and Laura and Kim for uh, contributing also their enthusiasm and their support to this work. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and maybe even a review. It will really help us reach a wider audience. If something exciting is happening in your own community, be sure to let us know so that we can help you tell your own story. Or maybe you would like to join our brand new Storyteller Collective. You can drop our story weavers a line at stories at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk. To keep up to date, check out our website at scottishcommunities.org.uk or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Or simply sign up to the newsletter.